just, just so I can get this off my chest, okay? Jesus loves Irish people. But, um, but he loves being with his people. And so, you know, good morning. Welcome to Crossroad Church. Thanks for joining us in person. Thanks for joining us online. It's an incredible privilege um, <clears throat> that you have joined us today, all of you, and that you would give someone like me an opportunity to maybe, maybe, maybe cause you to think or stir your heart. My name's Rob. I'm the sexiest Irish guy in the world, so my wife says. <laughs> and I'm married to the sexiest, hottest chick in the world, Filipino chick in the world, my wife, yes, so I'll get all that out, that's 22 done now, Dre, I said it once, so we're good, but yeah, in that sense, we're good to go this morning, so hey, welcome and thanks for being here, and so honestly, sit back, enjoy yourself, hopefully, um, what's shared this morning, what you hear, you would filter it first and foremost, I've said this a lot, somebody came to see me a few weeks ago, why do you keep saying what you say, because it's the only thing to say. I love talking about Jesus. I think he's the coolest cat in the world. He's the best friend I've ever had in the world. But don't ever listen to what I have to say. Check it against his book that he's written called The Bible. Because I can share what I share, but filter it through what he has shared in that sense, in that way. There's a lot of things going on this morning. There's an incredible friend of mine here. All of us have different ways to express what's going on. I asked her to come this morning, Suzanne, who's a painter, to come and actually, yeah. She paints some incredible, she's, she's gifted my life with a couple of pictures that hang in my house in honor, and it's really not just about the picture, it's about the heart sentiment behind it, and she'll watch a heart sentiment this morning and develop here in reference to today, in reference to all that's going on this morning, and so I encourage you, just enjoy your moment, but do me a favor, if you haven't, did anybody receive communion, anybody not got a communion cup this morning, anybody not got one that would like one? There's some people come. Keep your hands up. They'll come to you and they'll bring them to you. Um, we're going we're gonna to close the service this morning with communion. Um, and we'll talk about it when we get there. But for a lot of people, this is just a piece of plastic that has a, a wafer-ish thing below a piece of plastic. And it has some juice below that. I could go buy a liter of it from a store and put it in a cup and drink it. But for some people, it means so much more. It's it just, there's nothing special about this. I could drop it, I don't, because it'll burst open probably with me. But there's nothing special about it, this. But the sentiment behind this is profound. I'd mentioned a few months ago when someone said, did you really do communion with a tin of Pepsi and a Snickers bar? And I, I did. That's all I had. See, religious people sometimes get bent out of shape. It has to be this and it has to be that. No, I was on a four, four by four thing up in the mountains and I, and I paused up in the mountain and I was so taken by the view. I was overcome with his presence and I thought, oh, I want to do communion. So I reached in my backpack, had a tin of Pepsi and the Snickers bar. I sat down at rock. I said, I don't know how you feel about this, but I know what it represents to me. And I popped the Pepsi because Pepsi is better than Coke. Whoa. Where's, J- where's Jason when you need him? Jason, I need to come, like, you need to stand right in front of me. Like, there's some Pepsi haters in the house. Wow. 
you guys are supposed to love Jesus. He likes Pepsi. But, but I remember sitting down on a rock and just remembering everything he did for me, everything he'd done for me. I didn't have to pay anything. He paid the whole price. I didn't have to do anything. I just had to say thank you. I didn't have to kind of jump through a bunch of hoops or kind of be a good person and then get it right. I just had to be available to him. And, and uh, Jesus, I just want to thank you for what you've done for me, that you shed your blood. And in this moment, Lord, there's a tin of Pepsi. And then, Lord, in this moment, it was a Snickers bar that I broke. I said, Lord, you your body to be broken for me. And, and I don't mean to be weird, but in that moment for me, the tin of Pepsi and Snickers bar became everything. Became everything about the reason why I was holding Pepsi in one hand and a Snickers bar in the other. I encourage you in a few minutes, you'll get a chance to do that. If you have a Pepsi and a Snickers bar, have at it. Seriously, I don't believe in religion. I'm not a religious person. But I have a deep, meaningful, personal relationship with a loving Savior. And his name is Jesus. And on my worst day, he loves me. On my best day, he loves me. On my average day, he put up with me. So often we get caught up and you have to, you don't have to do anything. But say thank you. This time of the year is when the picture of what Jesus did really comes into focus for a lot of people, even people that, that don't attend church or watch church online, or maybe you're here for the first time today, and you're like, eh, I'll go try the whole church Easter thing out. And so at Easter, church people, Christian people, tend to talk about Jesus and the whole Easter story and all that took place and all that kind of happened for him. Over the last few weeks, we've been uh, talking about the dynamic attributes um, that God highlights through who Jesus is to us. And we've been using this scripture in Exodus 34. He says, he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. You hear nothing else this morning. I don't know what your upbringing was in reference to who God was. For some people, he's this person you have to cower. For some people, you have to grovel on the ground. Kind of hope he doesn't fry you. But the Irish God that I serve, because he is Irish. Um, so often, a couple of you have said during announcements in communion, Christmas service, you've saw little children, sometimes friends of mine run up to me on the stage. And I didn't. And that's what so often people's religions like, is that God's going to slap them and put them back in their place. He doesn't. He actually does this for every kid. He leans down and he grabs us and he lifts us to his chest and he embraces us and he whispers in our ear, I love you. I remember the first time Kaylee, Kaylee's our, our first natural born. She was about two, two and a half and she was in a beautiful Easter-like dress. And she came running up to me one time and I picked her up. And as I picked her up, she just exploded in, in wonderful daddy blessing throw up. <laughs> and it was dripping. And I just dropped her. I was like, how dare you? No, I didn't. I hugged her even closer with all of it getting squeezed between my shirt <laughs> and her. Like, what are you laughing at? 
Tell me you have, if you haven't done that, I'm going to come to your child, feed them sugar, and then hand them to you, shake them and hand them to you. Please, please, please. I don't know what your upbringing is in reference to who God is and who Jesus is to you. But he's my best friend. He's my Abba Father. He's my Daddy God. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's my Savior. He's my defender. He's my protector. He's my coverer. He's my guide. He's my counselor, etc., etc., etc. He's not out to punish us. He's out to redeem us. So maybe as we think about this series, as we come to an end of it today here on Easter, maybe an, art, an overarching thought for today in reference to all that we've been listening to the last few weeks and even today would be this. If we really want to know what God really thinks about us and acts towards us, just take a look and see what Jesus did for us or did for you. If you want to know who God really is and how he really functions, just look at how he responded to us through who Jesus is to us and has been to us. So today we're going to do exactly that. Second Timothy 1, emphasis by me, so the theologians in the house, don't panic, okay? It's just an Irish version that one day will become... Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Thank you for laughing, Lord. I was hoping someone would laugh. Thank you, Lauren. Yeah. Because in heaven, you'll all get pixie bits. You'll get an Irish accent and you'll get an Irish Bible. <laughs> the worship music in heaven is you two with bagpipes. Um, and then Lauren leading the choir. Um, Jason on electric guitar. Because he kind of holds back sometimes. When he's like, I have to behave myself. I'm like, Jason, just cut loose. And he goes, Robert, if I cut loose, we'll be here all day. Um, but it says this, it is he who saved us and chose us. For his holy work. Not because we deserve it, but because there was this plan long before the world began to show us his love and kindness to you and I through Christ. And now he has made all this plain to us by the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the whole focus, guys, in and around this time of the year, who broke the power of death and made, made the impact available to all, to you and I and everyone else. And he showed us the way of everlasting life through trusting him. Now, what's the million-dollar question? And it's always been the same question. Who does he want to show his loving kindness to? There's an incredible, powerful story that for me really helped kind of solidify who was welcome at the table. It's found in Luke 14, and I'm just going to paraphrase it. You can read it later on. It's Luke 14, 16 through 24. Emphasis again, all the theologians don't panic. It's emphasized by me. It goes like this. The stories shared are used. The king who was throwing a feast for invited guests. Some people say the invited guests, a lot of theologians, I agree with them, say the invited guests in reference to the story are the Jewish people, Jesus' own people who for whatever reason, even to this day, sadly started making excuses why they didn't want to come or won't come because it hasn't come what they expected to come, right? That goes on and it says, <clears throat> yet in the middle of this conversation the king is having with his servant, the king dynamically proclaims words like these. 
go at once throughout the city, your city, my city, your neighborhood, my neighborhood, your family, my family. Hold those words in your head for a second and invite anyone. Please say anyone with me. No, please say anyone with me. Because here's the problem in the church, and I take full responsibility for this. There's some churches out there that, that say only certain people are invited. That's not what the Bible says. Because if it had been certain people that said, go into the highways and byways and bring certain people to it, that would have been rich people. That would have been Irish people because they're always welcome. That would have been white people. That would have been black people. That would have been green people. That would have been yellow people. It had been broken, but it doesn't say, it says, go out and find anyone, anyone, anyone. You find the poor, the blind, the disabled, the hurting, the lost, the bruised, the confused, the rejected, the scared, the angry, and the lonely, to name just a few. Invite them to my banquet. When the servant returned to his master, he said, Sir, I've done what you asked, but there's still room for more. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can I hear a hallelujah? Gary, these guys need coffee. <laughs> There's still room for more. Thank you, Pauline. See, some of us, us have selective lists in our life that only certain people are invited to certain things. I understand that. But for him, in reference to this story, there was still room left. So the master told him, all right, Go out again and again and again and again. And you could say, and this time bring them all back with you. Persuade the beggars on the streets, the outcasts, even the homeless. Insist that they come in and enjoy the feast so my house will be full. I say to all, no one who receives an invitation to feast with me and makes excuses will ever enjoy my banquet. I hear people tell me all the time, well, just twist my arm and make me follow Jesus. No, that's what religion does. Jesus never, ever twists an arm. He just does this. And he takes a hand. He doesn't take a scruff of the neck. He doesn't drag people. He doesn't guilt people. Thank you, buddy. He doesn't. He's trying to scare people and guilt people and shame people. It doesn't work. This banquet that we're talking about is about those who want to come and who choose to come, who choose to step into all that Jesus has available to them. See, the invitation is for all. And the dress code is come as you are. Invitations for all. And the dress code is come as you are. I, um, a friend of mine's mother was here cooking you pancakes this morning and bacon. And, and she said, hey, Rob, you look great. I'm like, thank you. And she said, help me, let me help you dress you. She's like a mother. She's just like a mother her whole life. And so like I'm nine feet tall and she's this tall. And she says, come here. And she's doing my cuffs and she's making my things. They're all buttoned up. And I'm like, hey, mom. And she's not my mother. I just, hey, mom, thank you. I said, can I call you mom? She's like, oh, of course you can. But she dressed me correctly. But here's the thing with this table and this banqueting table. I can come however I am with whatever's going on in my life. 
no matter what I'm wearing. And so often in our culture, we tell people, clean yourself up first. And Jesus says, no, bother. Just come as you are. On the way of coming, I'll clean you. And the way of getting to me, I'll move you through a process of Jesus justifies. He's the one that makes us right in him. And he puts us into a process or a journey of sanctification of becoming more like him. The ticket or the bill, as it were, has been paid for in full by someone else who really, really, really loves you and just wants to be in relation with you for eternity. First Timothy 2 says this, he longs for everyone to embrace his life and return to the full knowledge of the truth. Can, please, I don't know why this morning, but I was burdened this morning that someone would be watching online or here this morning who's been brought up with that not everybody's welcome, that not everybody's invited. It's just not biblically right. Jesus died for all, not just some. Jesus, Jesus gave his life for whoever would respond to him. He would respond to them. Why? Please, if you forget anything this morning, please remember this. If you want to know what God thinks about you, just look at what Jesus did for you. You've all probably heard this statement before the actions speak better than words. Absolutely right. Here's some words that have profound life-changing actions attached to them. It's probably one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, other than that his loving kindness leads people to repentance is my second favorite verse. But the first one is John 3.16. Again, all the theologians emphasis by me. For here is the way God loved you and I, the world. He chose wholeheartedly and willingly to give his only unique son as a gift for you and I as a payment for our sins. So now everyone who chooses to believe in him will never perish but experience everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, i.e. to leave us separated from him, but more so to be our savior and to rescue us. Didn't come to beat you up. Didn't come to embarrass you. Didn't come to shame you. Didn't come to point all your flaws out. We do that so well for one another. He didn't come to do that. He came to have an intimate relationship with his creation, you and I. He came to enter into a life with us on Monday morning, not just Sunday morning. One of the most segregated times in our culture is when? Sunday morning. We separate ourselves from everybody and we go into all of our groups and yet we're one familia, one family for those who would say Jesus is Lord and Savior. But hi, maybe it's as simple as this. Romans 5 says this, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. What did I say a minute ago? If you want to know what God thinks about us or you, just take a look at what Jesus did for you or for us. There's a movie, it's really it's spiritually deep, really theological, it might be over your head this morning, it was a little bit over mine, but I've watched it about 13 times, I mean, it's maybe a way to connect with what we're talking about today, and it did for me, it's only for the select few, special people, <laughs> it's maybe how it comes across to people, everyone else gets to watch Everybody else gets to wish, and everybody else gets to wait, and only a select few get one of these. Anybody seen the movie? Good. 
This is not a joke, this next statement. Why don't you take a look under your seat? I'm seriously, take a look under your seat. Come on, have a look under your seat. Seriously, thank you. So if you get one, stand up. If you get, if you get one, if you get one, stand up. Just stay standing. Clear, stay standing. If you get a ticket, stand up. If you get a ticket, one, two, No fighting, no fighting, not in church. They do it in the parking lot, but not in church. I know what you're thinking. Why not me? I know what you're thinking, right? Why not me? Because as we look at this table today, Mandy, Pastor Joe's wife, did it for me and set it up for me. This table doesn't take any tickets. This table that we talked about and read about that Mandy so kindly helped me set up doesn't take any ticket. It's not based on someone being lucky enough to get a ticket from under your seat or someone having enough money to buy a ticket because all of them have already been paid for or someone having the right name or the right reputation to deserve getting a ticket. No, instead it says stuff like this. Go at once, therefore, throughout the city, and invite anyone you find. Or it's not about having enough stuff to prove that you have a right to have a ticket. Persuade the beggars on the streets, the outcasts. I don't know about you, but I felt like one of those at a time in my life. And it says even the homeless. Or sadly, and this is where our culture, I want to be careful, even in our state here, is what traps so many people. Or sadly for so many people, having done enough good things to balance out the bad things so that then maybe, and just maybe then, you'll have done enough stuff to be faithful to get a ticket. And it doesn't work. There's nothing you and I can do. There's nothing you and I can bring that can qualify the payment for a ticket to be invited by the guest of honor to his table. No, it's simply along the lines. Jonah, when you're ready, please play the video. Thank you.
I don't know if what you've struggled with was on a stick. I know if they didn't get to your thing. Maybe they didn't. Maybe you saw it there. <clears throat> Why? Because the guest of honor says anyone is welcome. Because you see it, Matthew 11 says, emphasis by me, Paul the theologian, are you weary? Tired of trying to impress others? Tired of not being able to just be you? Tired of the weight and the guilt and the shame and the mockery and you can just keep adding to the list, carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. Come join me here at my banqueting table, he says. I'll refresh your life. You need refreshed and a reset this morning in your life, going through some things that are challenging and in a hard season. You say, Lord, I'd like, to, I'd like to turn the page. There's no more powerful place than turning a page than with the guest of honor who invites you and I to his banqueting table. And all are welcome. No one's turned away. Just come as you are. For I am your oasis. All of us are looking for an oasis, and we're looking a lot of different places, unfortunately, for a lot of people. There's only one oasis that works. That's the person of Jesus being released to live inside my life. It's not about answering all the questions. It's not about knowing everything. I don't know everything. I can't spell half the names in the Bible. I think Jesus should have called people Ben, John, and Robert would have been fine. Andrea, Annie, and Mandy would have been good girls' names. But he has all these funky names that are like this long. And I'm like, what were you thinking? And he goes, Robert, I was thinking you weren't. But he is our oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, I'm humble, I'm easy to please. And you'll find refreshment and rest in me. So where do you start? Romans 10, emphasis again by me, says because, or it's simply this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it said you'll be saved. Again, I'm so sorry. I take full responsibility as a pastor in our Western culture. You have accidentally told people that you have to know a bunch of stuff. And I'm sorry you don't. You don't need to know anything other than that Jesus is the Savior and that you want to respond to him and ask him to change your life. The rest of it comes along after the fact. We've accidentally said you, you have to know a bunch of stuff up here and you have to know all. You don't. You just need to come. Jesus, I need you. To, I want you to become my best friend. I want you to be the friend of all. I want you to be my BFF. I'm sorry if that offends religious people, but he's the best friend I've ever had. When I've been so broken and I've been so made so many mistakes, he never turns away from me, and he should, but he never does. He just goes, kid, what are you doing? Come here. Come here. And he lifts me up. He wraps his arms around me. He goes, Rob, don't do that. It's not good for you, kid. Let me lead and guide you and direct you. And yes, He's my savior. And yes, he's the Alpha and the Omega. And yes, he's the Lion of Judah. And yes, he's the bright and morning star. And yes, he's the I am. But he's also my friend and my savior and my Lord. 
and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. You get an invitation to the banquet when you say yes to him. And that's all that's required for not a golden ticket, but a perfect savior to escort you to his presence. I want to share this with a close few friends. This last week, um, I had a phone call a few days ago from my sister at midnight, so I knew there was a problem. She says, hey, Rob, mom's not doing well. She's been diagnosed with mixed dementia. I didn't know you could mix dementia, but I guess you can. She says Alzheimer's and dementia and a bunch of other stuff, and she's rapidly gone downhill over the last eight weeks. My sister <clears throat> says, if you could come home here soon, um, I think it would be good for you to see her and spend time with her because right now she keeps talking about you in the past tense every day. But I think it would be good, Rob, if you could come home before she passes away and just spend some time with her. She, I know you're going to come home and do her funeral because... She asked you to do her funeral like you did dad's funeral where everybody laughed and cried and had fun. And I will. Later in a couple of weeks, Andrea and I will fly home just to go spend time with mom. Hopefully that she'll still be able to recognize me and understand who I am <clears throat> before she slips too far. But you know, when she closes her eyes for the last time, Joan Geiler, come and take a seat. And she'll step into eternity and she'll go sit down at the banqueting table and she'll be with the person that she's passionately loved for so many years. She'll be in his presence because her ticket has already been paid for because of what he did. Please, I don't know what your upbringing in church is or how... It's been presented to you, but Jesus just wants to be your friend. It's not a golden ticket that gets us to his table. Mommy, if you're watching, I love you so much. I'll see you hopefully in a few weeks. It's not a golden ticket that gets us to the table, but more so, it's a transformation that happens with inside someone's heart. Because of the acceptance of the free gift of salvation is available to all. Mom, I'm talking about you in case you're watching. But I remember the day that this became true for her. She came to church with Andrea and I. I was at a church in the evening. When I sat down after the message, she sat next to me. She tugged on my sleeve. And she said, son, I didn't put my hand up because I wanted you to be the first person to know. I just gave my life to Jesus. I watched all the weight from our family and the turmoil in my Irish culture, the Protestant Catholic thing. I just watched all of it just melt away in her life in a split second. She's a redhead, so you can figure out what an Irish redhead's like. <laughs> so she was still a little bit rough around the edges a week later. And on Sunday morning, she took hold of my dad by the scruff of the neck and she said, you're coming to church with me? 
and my mom and I are the type A's in the family, and my sister and my dad are type Z's. <laughs> very, very private. So she took my dad to church. This is my local minister back home in Lauren, County Antrim, Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland. My accent's coming back. And uh, <clears throat> middle of the service, dad sticks his hand up. Minister's telling me this after the fact. He's halfway through his message, puts his hand up. And minister goes, yes, Mr. Grant, my dad gets out of his seat, steps into the aisle. He says, um, my son's loved Jesus for years. And he's a pastor, and I've watched him live Jesus in our family. And seven years ago, his sister, Joanne, gave her life to Jesus at a youth conference he was speaking at. Last Sunday, my wife gave her life to Jesus at a service my son was at. And today, I'd like to confess I'm an alcoholic, and I smoke 60 cigarettes a day. I need Jesus to change me because my son said he can. So what do I do, sir? The minister tell me afterwards, he's thinking in his head, I haven't finished my message yet. <laughs> but he was smart enough in that moment to go, Mr. Geiler, the Bible is really clear. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved and welcome at his banqueting table. And my father that morning knelt down and asked Jesus to become his Lord and Savior. Overnight, transformed from smoking and drinking overnight. Baptized them both three months later. Six weeks after, I discovered my dad had a, an alcoholic, alcohol-based cancer, whatever the right terminology is in his system. It had set it off. All his lymph nodes were covered in cancer. They gave him 40 hours, 40 hours to live. He lived for 14 months, came to America to see me married to my hot, sexy Filipino chick wife. Um, 22 days after our marriage, called him a few days before. He said, son, I'm just really tired and just kind of feeling off and blah, blah, blah. And three days later, my mom called and said, hey, Rob, can you come home? It's that time. Flew to the airport. My mom picked me up at the airport. She said, son, I'm so sorry. He's gone. And then she said these words, Rob, you have nothing left unsaid. Nothing, son. He just said, ask me to give you this. And he handed me a piece of paper. She handed me a piece of paper. He opened it. He said, hey, kid. I said, hey, dad. So would you do my funeral? Yes, sir. You do me a favor? Yes, sir. Would you make it as fun and as celebratory as possible? Because Rob, guess where I am right now? I'm sitting at his banqueting table. My dad actually said, I'm in golf, I'm in heaven playing golf in the Irish section before you. That's what he actually said. Nothing left unsaid. Why? Because Ephesians 2 says this. For by grace, you have been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation. It was the love gift from God who brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast. For salvation, please hear me this morning. Watching online or here, please hear me. For salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. It is simply a gift because if you want to know what God thinks about you, just look at what Jesus 
did for you. We're going to close with communion here in a second. So Jason and Renee, if you would come and join me. But before we do, please let me just talk to you for a second. What is one of the meanings of communion? Communion for me is a deep and meaningful description of what the bill that was due for my sin looked like. And it confirms my place and your place at the table. This and what it stands for and the representation of his body that was broken and his blood that was shed is the bill that was required. It was the shedding of pure blood. There's only been one pure blood. No matter what you watch on YouTube or Netflix or whatever, there is only one true blood. That's the son of the living God who was flawless, flawless. He was the spotless lamb. In the Old Testament, there was continual sacrifice for covering. In the New Testament, there was one sacrifice for cleansing. That's founding communion. I'm going to ask you in a second to not open it open if you want to, but I'm going to ask Jason and Renee. I'd ask you to let, let them sing over you this morning, would you? And if you want to, as the song's going on, and you're okay with him and you're right with him, go ahead and just open it. And go ahead and take the bread. In a minute, when you're ready, let them sing first. And when you're ready, take it and you say, Jesus, thank you. And then go ahead and when you're ready and receive the juice. Or you can wait to the end and you can have communion with me. But where do you start? Watching online this morning or here in the room. Where do you start to be someone who takes it from a piece of plastic and a wafer to become a broken body and a shed blood? It's really simple like my dad did. He confessed with his mouth that Jesus is Lord and believed in his heart that God raised him from the dead. He did all that for him. If you've never said yes to him, you've never invited Jesus to change you and transform you. I'm going to ask you just to pause for a second in the song and simply answer three questions. Do you want Jesus to come and be the best of friends in your life and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness and to let you press reset? Do you want Jesus to come and allow the presence and power of the Holy Spirit to so flow through you that it's not just a, and please hear me, I'm not trying to be racist here, please just hear me because we've done this, we've reduced Jesus to this white church thing for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. And it's got nothing to do with that. This is a place of expression. It's what happens when we walk through the door is with a transformation where you take, that you actually take him with you that you go to bed with him and you wake up with him, that you go to work with him, you go for a walk with him, you, you pause for a second, you go and get Gary's coffee with him. That's the transformation. It's not just, I go to church and check a box. God, don't do that. Go watch baseball. No, don't watch baseball. I said watch him paint dry. I'm sorry, Adam. I've tried it. I, I, I love you guys. I've tried it. It's like watching paint dry on a cold day. It's worse than cricket. I'm sorry, but it is. But it's about taking Jesus to the ball game with you. In fact, it's kind of crazy. I hope this is not offensive, but it's actually taking Jesus into the shower with you. It is. 
he wants to be with you. 24 You don't go to a building to experience Jesus. He lives in you. He, he lives in you and I. The church becomes a church when people come together. This is a fun wooden building, but it's just a building. The church is people living and breathing and allowing this to transform their life on a daily basis. Third question for those who don't know him online or here is why wouldn't you say yes to him? Why would you do life alone? Why would you why would survive life instead of thrive in life? Shard your mind. Henry, who some of you know, one of the coolest, coolest people I've ever met in my life. He's the one that gives the greatest of hugs in the world. You just want to, you just want to stand there and just like, oh, just hug away, Henry. He just, just doesn't let go. He just doesn't. He he goes right past that awkward moment. Come here, Gary. Right? You know, most of us can do this. Like we go, morning, morning. But Henry does this. But just so you know, Henry's lying in McKay this morning. Not very well. But you know the person he talks about every time he comes back to us because he drifts off into sleep and then he comes back. You know the per- first person he mentions? Jesus. He goes, Rob. Where Henry, like us, well, he's sick, lying in a hospital bed just down the road, and he drifts off into sleep, and then he comes back to us for a few seconds. The first person he talks about is Jesus. I might be going to meet him. I could, sir. He might do something, Rob. Yeah, we could do, sir. Rob, what? Jesus is here. You've told me that three times, Henry. I guess you want me to hear. Okay. His focus, his attention is on Jesus. Yeah, we want God to move and please pray for Henry. Please. But but Henry's okay. Because if he goes home, Henry Radcliffe, front and center, please. I'd like you to take a seat here at the banqueting table. And Henry will skip or backflip or whatever he chooses to do. He will. He'll literally bind into God's presence with no shame, no fear, no nothing. He'll act like a two-year-old who runs to his daddy. He'll just run into his daddy's arms. He'll sit at daddy's table, enjoy daddy's presence. I encourage you, if you've never said yes to Jesus, as Jason and Renee are saying, song and you're holding this in your hand maybe take it from a piece of plastic and personalize it go Jesus you allowed your body to be broken for me and today I receive that gift Lord you allowed your blood to be shed that I would be cleansed from my sin and today Lord I receive that gift and Jesus as I ask for a reset today would you fill me afresh your Holy Spirit. So please, if you feel like having communion as you're singing this song, please do that.
wait to the end until Jason and Renee are finished. Please do that. We can have communion for those who want to wait to the end. So Jason Renee, thank you so much.
While she's opening mine and hers, why just take the wafer? Get it? Thank you. You're the best. Eva's the best. I just take it. Mom just hold it just for a second. It really doesn't cost a lot to make this, but its representation is priceless. It doesn't cost. It's literally nothing to make this but what it represents for you and I this morning is priceless so daddy I don't know why I ever deserved it but you willingly allowed your body to be broken for me and this morning of all days as Madeline said Lord we celebrate you every Sunday and we enjoy your presence every Sunday and we lean into you every Sunday but Lord today of all days on Easter I want to say thank you for allowing your body to be broken for me. They didn't take it from me. You gave it to them. Lord, you had absolute control all the time that you laid your control down and allowed them, allowed them to inflict what they inflicted upon your body for me. And we and I say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and receive. for me over the years um, you haven't seen The Passion of the Christ um, it's a movie that when I first saw it just seared in my soul just seared in my soul the cost of this red stuff and I've been known to to watch just all he went through and just literally let it soak in to all that took place and the brutality and the blood and everything that was shed. They, they said it was impossible for a human being to take that punishment. Well, duh. It wasn't just fully human. He was fully God. He did it for you and I. And yeah, it's in a cup and we can do it in a silver chalice. We can use juice. We can use Pepsi. We can use wine, a whole bunch of stuff, right? It's the representation that's the power. And this morning, he shed his blood for you. If you wanted to, you can have a seat at the table. You'd be welcome to his, he won't make you come, but he'll invite you to come. And so this morning, Daddy, I just, you're amazing. In fact, for me being Irish, you're kicking the pants. And I'm just floored at what you do for me and for us continually. Yet on this day, so many days ago, the representation was you allowed the purest of blood to be shed that the vilest of sinner, me, could be cleansed, <sighs> could be made clean. And so have a father this morning. We just say thank you for the blood that was shed and we receive it as a gift and we say thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You do me a favor. 
bow your head a second, close your eyes just for a second in privacy. It would be inappropriate of me because I know what happened in my life to, to allow an assumption to take place in all heads by eyes. So just for a second, you've never had a chance until this morning to say yes to Jesus and you did. You said, Jesus, I want you to change me. I want you to, I want you to become my best friend. I want you to cleanse me from the inside. I, I want you to make me new in you. If that was you this morning, while communion was going on, we were taking that place. Would you do me a favor? Can you just slip your hand up so I can pray for you? Anybody? Anybody else? You've never said yes to him, and this morning you did. Lord Jesus, I just ask you to meet each one of us in this moment. I ask you to come, Lord, and allow who you are to become so real to all of us in a real, real, fresh way. I ask you, Jesus, to meet us in our deepest, darkest moments and bring light where maybe there feels like there is no light. And so, Daddy, I ask for your grace and your anointing and your flavor to be released in us afresh today. That, Jesus, you would meet us in our hour of need in your precious, precious name. All God's people said, amen. There's a couple of things. Someone asked me a question, and I thought it's appropriate to answer it here. He said, is baptism required to get to the table? It's actually not. It's good, but it's not required. Because it was required, then Jesus lied. Because there was a guy hanging next to him in Golgotha that day who said, you're the guy. He said, yep. He said, I should be here, you shouldn't. I know. When all this passes in a second, this is Irish interpretation. When all this passes in a second, would you do me a favor? Can I come hang with you? Jesus is like, yeah. When it's all over today, you'll be with me in paradise. So he didn't get a chance to get baptized. But is baptism required to get to the table? No. But baptism is an outward declaration that I've been invited to the table and that I've accepted that invitation and that the guest of honor, Jesus, has made me clean by his death on the cross and his resurrection back to life. And so publicly, I make a declaration of doing that. We're going to release you in a second. The baptismal tank is available, but I want to respect all the parents. If you've never been baptized before and you'd like to, you don't need to know a lot except two things. One, I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And two, he's alive because he came back to life that I could have life and have life abundantly. And I want to do a reset in my life. I think there's nothing more powerful than a reset in our lives. And my wife's been baptized, I think, three times different times in our life, God really spoke to her about specific things. He said, baby, I want to, I want Jesus, I want to step into waters of baptism and do a reset of saying thank you for what's been, but laying it down and stepping into what's new, allowing God to do something new. And so if you've never been baptized and you want to be, or you want God to do a reset, that we've got some towels and some shorts and shirts available. Um, I'm going to release you in a second because there's some other things happening, but if you've never been baptized before and you want to get baptized for whatever reason, come see me in a second, we'll get you wet. Um, but then here's what I'm going to ask you to do. There's about 4,000 children downstairs um, who are going to come in here in a minute. We're going to do the Easter egg hunt in the sanctuary. So no climbing up on the beams, okay, for all your little ones. We'll keep the eggs on the floor. 
So we're going to ask you to do fellowship wise is please love on somebody, pull someone's hair, their nose, give them a, a Henry hug or whatever. And we're going to ask you just to kind of in a second to slip into the, the family room and go grab your kids. Caitlin's going to come upstairs. She's going to set it up in here. There's 1,600 um, Easter eggs she has. Yeah. Um, but we're going to do this because we tried it one time before and I nearly got sent to the police because kids were just pushing one over like they were diving to get eggs and they were two-year-olds. And uh, we're going to separate the sanctuary into sections so that the bigger kids can go in a certain area. So she's going to come up in a second, kind of set it all up. It'll be about 20, 30 minutes to set it up. So if you want to hang and love on somebody and fellowship across the room, shake someone's hand you haven't seen before because you were that person at one time. And then in about 20 minutes or so, we'll come back in here after Caitlin set it all up and we'll have an Easter egg hunt. Those who have no family to go to to have Easter with, because again, Andrea and I, a lot of our family live elsewhere, ex-military. I know what it's like to be overseas to serve your country and have no family and friends in different places, Gibraltar, Spain, Portugal and stuff. And so all the years for here, we've done Thanksgiving. For those who don't have family and Easter, we have a brunch afterwards for those who haven't got family to go to. If you've got family to go, go, go be with them. But if you haven't and you want to hang afterwards and you've brought someone to share, we'll be doing that in about 45 minutes to an hour. So um, do me a favor, stand. If you want to get baptized, come and see me. We'll do that while it's all taking place and happening. If not, love on somebody, hug on somebody. Have a wonderful day and God bless you all. Thank you so much.